Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. So, good morning church and, and what a privilege it is to, to be here. Um, I consider this a family affair. And thanks. I was, uh, I was going in a different direction in my preparation, and then I really felt challenged to kind of change direction and, and, and ta- tackle ambitiously a topic around fatherhood. Not that I'm qualified in any way. I only have three daughters. Um, but uh, I really felt I had a couple of people bring words through to me, um, and I also did have it lay upon my heart. And I really felt that this was just led by the Spirit, and then Donna also put on a, a show at the church. A show is not right the word, but, but she's running um, on, on Friday night. She runs this movie night. And one of the movies showing was a movie called Courageous. Now, being a man's man and cool dude, I don't like force myself to watch this Christian stuff, man. No. But uh, that was, I went along on a Friday night and it was probably one of those Times where a message really spoke to me and spoke to my heart about what it means to be a father. Um, I'm not going to talk about the movie, but just to say that it is available. If, if and look, it, it's American, but it's it's there are, <laughs> there's a southern twang there. Um, but the message is incredibly strong, and it's a privilege that we have people that put creative uh, messages together to get the word out and godly principles out. So, yeah, and uh, really good. But I want to start at the beginning. So, um, God is, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Trinity, in relationship together. And God wanted to reproduce. He wanted to love more and have others love Him. And so He created the earth and He put Man in it, and he realized that, and man, as Genesis says, was created in God's image. Genesis 1.27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And so we know the story, man was created, and then man was, God decided that man needed a helper. And so he put him to sleep. Grabbed a spare rib and, um, <laughs> and fashioned woman out of that. So we see in the beginning, God calls himself a father and he establishes a male and female relationship and he uses it as a basis for, for an assignment. He gives a mandate. He says, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves in the ground. And then God also puts man to work. Go and name the animals. And he also sets some boundaries around there. You know, there is this tree over here I don't touch. <laughs> um, so you see God as a father doing a couple of things. He's establishing some principles. And he, there is def- there's a mandate about reproducing. Re- reproducing. And with that comes the whole aspect of fatherhood. So the family is not man's idea. 
Ephesians talks about it. Ephesians 3 talks about, um, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. So, basically, the families that we talk about, those are established by God. And God is the top, the head of all of it. And so, um, the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's Holy Spirit to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be full to the measure of all the fullness of God. So families have a purpose. Some of the purposes are to display the love of God. And there's a structure in there. And through, through the family structure and through the parenting structure, there's this mandate of love and to display Christ's love and God's love um, and create a, um, this culture of, of love and honor. Okay, then we know that things go south quickly. So, there was heartbreak in the garden. Um, and uh, the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from God. So, this is after the fall. They had sinned. I'm not going to lay the blame on anyone. But um, <laughs> it was the snake that did it. Um, <laughs> but what was there before this. What we see is that, that God, that man and wife and woman used to walk with God in fellowship in the afternoon. So there was this relationship and uh, they were spending time together. You know, God was, was just, they were communicating um, and then when sin came in, they ran from God, they hid. And um, this, this structure was broken, or this form of relationship was broken, this intimacy. And God, you can hear God's heart. Where are you? <laughs> he knows where they are, but he, he's, his heart, is, you can hear this broken heart. Where are you? Because, you know, we were walking together, and now you're hiding from me. And, um, and we know the story that, um, and I'm going to go into it, about how God, with Christ, set about restoring everything. And have restored everything. So this is like the bad news before the good news. Um, but there's a consequence to sin in the world. Now this, is, this was a, a stat that is, is published. That in South Africa, 60% of South African's children have absent fathers. That is probably the, one of the highest in the world. There's a consequence uh, of apartheid, historically. And the separation of... of Fathers having to migrate and, and not owning land and then having to, to move to mines to work. Um, 40% of South African mothers are single parents compared to 25% in developing nations. And so we are sitting, Satan, if Satan is going to attack anything, what will he go after? He's going to go after the families. And therefore I already felt challenged to, to, to preach about this and teach about this because ignorance is a bad thing. You know, if there's a bare wire sitting there and you do not know that there's electricity in it and you touch it, I'm an electrical engineer, 
it'll kill you. And you can't say, I didn't know, and therefore I'm innocent, and it shouldn't have shocked me. It'll shock you rather, because that's what it is. There are laws that are governing the flow of electricity. And God established those laws. And ignorance is not an option for us. And that's why God gives us his word. Um, But the church is in a position to address this. We as Christians are in a position to address this issue of a fatherless generation. And the time is now. And, and hence, the topic for this, this uh, the way I'm going is to address part of this father's generation. I believe that the time is now. We heard a message now about the time being now. We prayed about our city. We prayed about the corruption that we see. We pray about the lack of values, teen pregnancies. Where are these coming from? What is the root cause behind some of these things that we see in society? An absence of a father figure is one of the root causes behind this. So, and where is the church in this? You know, we are, we have the Father, God, as our role model. But it's not about sitting in a pew or in a chair and hearing a message. Because that will not affect the people out there. So, I am, it is a controversial topic that I'm tackling today. I'm feeling rather brave. Pray for me. <laughs> Um, the, I think it's important to start with the fact that we are victorious. Okay, we have to come from this concept of knowledge that this is history and that is past. And this is what we live in. Glorious victory. Satan is defeated at the cross. So our enemy is what the authority that was given to, to Jesus... Uh, not to Jesus, to Satan, um, that was initially given to man, taken away, um, was taken back by Christ. And when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ, forgave us our sins, um, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which which stood against us and condemned us, He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So all that... Accuser can do has been nailed to the cross. Because one of the aspects of fatherhood that I want to challenge, and, and, and I must say, ladies in here, don't feel outdone by. I'm going to come to you as well. Okay? So we're not just talking about fatherhood here, because fathers are part of a family structure. But, but this issue of, of being a failure, being um, condemned, all the things that we have done wrong in the past are nailed to the cross. Please understand that, okay? because it's easy to come under condemnation in this, what I'm about to teach today. If you're coming under condemnation, then we're in trouble, because that is not where we sit in Christ. We are set free. We are victorious. But you need to have knowledge to step forth and grow in this journey. So I'm not going to keep quiet about it, but do understand that if you are feeling a bit quirky or inside, sometimes it's a good thing. But we are not condemned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But now we have Christ inside of us. So I think it's important to understand that God takes fatherhood really seriously. I mean, I was doing some research into this and I started looking at Old Testament teaching first. And all the way through the Old Testament, a couple of this Psalm 68 verse where God speaks to the nation and, and he says, look, I'm a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, it's God in his holy dwelling. 
Now that repeats itself about 20 or 30 times in the Old Testament. And there's specific laws and there are curses on the nation. If you do not look after the orphans and you do not look after the widows, then I'm going to do this. Okay, that is, but, but it does emphasize how seriously God takes this aspect of being a father. I was very surprised by the number of verses dealing with orphans, dealing with those that do not have rights. God is big on rights, <laughs> about stepping in and making sure that we protect and look after those that do not have a voice. Um, I'm not getting, this is from, from God's perspective. Religion that God and our Father accepts or finds acceptable as pure and faultless is this. Look after orphans and widows. This is New Testament. In their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Interesting New Testament verse, one we don't often see. But God takes this aspect of orphans and looking after those that don't have father figures and, and wives that don't have or have lost their husbands and don't have a mechanism for looking after quite seriously. When you think about the early deacons in the church when they were appointed, what were they appointed to do? Who were they serving? They were serving the widows. The first establishment of a leadership team, other than the, the disciples, was this aspect of looking after widows. So widows and orphans and the strangers in the land in the Old Testament teaching, there was God, God put a lot of, there, there's a lot of scripture behind that. And God encouraging people, and there was blessing behind also doing that. But that is Old Testament. In the New Testament, you can see God's heart hasn't changed. And just to say that there is a divine structure, an order. God is a God of order. Um, now, this was a nice, interesting verse to start our married life with. Hey, sweetheart. <laughs> but be imitators of me as I am of Christ, 1 Corinthians. I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. That's Paul. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. Okay, so men, there's Jesus. Then comes you. And the head of a wife is a husband. And the head of Christ is God. So even Jesus is under authority to God, the Father. We are under authority to Christ. The wife is under authority to her husband. Without order, there is chaos. And you might not like it, but there's a reason for this, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's important to understand that there is a natural order, and when that order falls away, when the husband does not understand that, he, that Christ is his head, then Christ is not head of the household. The wife can push as, sometimes as hard as she likes, but because that order is missing, that family is running with one cylinder missing. Okay, it's not the natural order of, of what God intended for the, the purpose of the, the family to display the love of God requires a, a father, a husband and a wife working together as father and mother. So this issue of divine order is an important principle in the family. It didn't come about by chance and God created a mechanism. But let's ask some ex experts over here. So I decided to be very brave have you ever, as a father, sat down and asked your kids, so do you think I'm a good dad? Or what makes a good dad? You're opening yourself up to a world of, you've got to have, be secure, first of all. Okay, just 
Luckily, I'm relatively bulletproof. These things bounce off me. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually ask, am I a good dad? I said, kind of, what makes a good dad? So maybe it's a, it's a, it's a 50-50 there. Okay, and I've got some very interesting answers from the kids, which I'm going to share with you. If you don't mind me sharing. Hard luck, kids, I'm up here. Okay, I got the thumbs up. I've got to get permission, you see. You think I'm the head of the house, so I know where I sit here. Okay, so, I mean, so they wanted protection and security, a sense of protection and security, knowing that someone is covering them. Okay, they said, believe it or not, guidance. Okay, I thought children didn't actually listen to anything I said, but yeah, they actually asked for it. But then I don't know whether they're willing to receive or not. That's a different topic. Yeah, there's a call for more bandwidth. Okay. Um, and then someone who will play with me, I can assume that's Holly. Okay. And then uh, someone who will listen to me. Interesting. Listen. Um, someone who, who shows an interest in me, comes and watches me play sport from time to time. Just someone who shows that they care. And I think I'd like to just say that the needs change on the age of the child. And so as a father, you never stop being a father. It just changes. You know, if I'm dealing with Holly at, at, at 3 and Holly at 10 and Holly at 13, the needs have changed drastically and the role changes. And the same with us in the church. There's a parallel with everything that I'm talking about today. There's a parallel in the church. For a born-again believer coming in, the needs are different to someone who is mature in the faith. Because father, there's a strong parallel in fatherhood with everything that we have that God created in divine order. Then I went, I was more brave than that. What could be more brave than asking your kids? Okay. <laughs> so, I even went a step further. We had life group on, on, on Thursday night. And only women pitched. And I had a whole room full of ladies. Then you can see me standing there. And Paul was there. Where's Paul? Was he? Yeah. Okay. But uh, it was the dog and myself and Paul. He's a teenager. And it was us against the rest. No, not quite. But I asked the question. I said, come, tell me. You know, what, do you, what do you expect from, from, from husbands? And the feedback from the wives was as follows. We want to see spiritual leadership in the house. Um, hey, there's no condemnation, guys. Okay, that, that is the rules of this, this game here. We want them to communicate more, okay? But, but, you know, women like to communicate, so you can understand where this is coming from. From my wife, get more involved in planning. Okay. Help with the cooking and chores. And being told that I'm loved and appreciated. Okay. So, so these were some of the stuff that came out from the ladies. And... And, um, yeah, we've got to respect some of the stuff that came out there, yeah. No, but um, I decided to have a look at myself and what the Bible says and, and examine. Um, so when I put some of the things down, I thought, myself, what I'd expect from my father as a son. My father's passed away, um, and we struggled in our relationship. Um, I think he had a torrid past, and he was an alcoholic. He managed to get over that later on in the later years. Um, but he struggled with relationships in a whole. I mean, I think I had three stepmothers at one stage. Um, 
But there was a battle for fathers and the role of fathers and the identity. And I think my father did struggle with that as well. He fought in one of the wars. I think there were consequences from that as well. And there are issues that I need to tackle with that. And I will come to them as well. But what would I expect from a father? For me, father is about sharing values. Godly values. We see the consequences of these missing values in the world today. They are absent. Corruption that we see spread wide is is an issue of missing, a lack of values. The issue of boundaries. It is fathers that set boundaries, often in the house. Do not date until you're 16. Um, (laughs) But there's a reason for that. Because fathers should be protection. There should be a value and a love it is love that should drive behavior. We're not going to set rules just for the sake of rules in the house. They are there because God does not set rules for the sake of setting rules. I mean, the Ten Commandments, you know, they are Old Testament, but they were there to protect the nation. They weren't there to... They became a curse because we could not keep them, but they were there to set some boundaries for protection, provision. You know, fathers provide. I mean, the mandate is, is in Genesis, where God says the man must till the earth, provide for the family, a teacher, a guide. The issue of time spent with, with, with loved ones, building up that level of relationship, um, being valued, letting the other person know that they're valued and loved. And the list goes on and on and on. And I don't want to actually be prescriptive here. Because I believe God will speak to every person according to where they're at with Him. But I think these are just some of the principles. Um, and, and there are places where, where we can fail as fathers. I mean, there are examples in the Bible. Jacob with Joseph and the issue of favoritism. Then that just cause a hassle. You, know? you are my son, here's a coat. You know? But the other guys can have gray. Gray is good. <laughs> but for you, the multicolored one. No, no, that's not going to work. Okay, there are consequences to that. And you look at Solomon. I mean, um, Solomon had a lot of wives. I don't think he was such a good role model. 365, I think it was. But after that, the family unit started disintegrating. It even started with David, where one of his sons tried to kick him off the throne. Um, and, and things started un- you know, spiraling a little bit out of control. And, and part of this issue of role model, you know, Solomon could have been really wise, but as a parent, you know, it's questionable how he applied the wisdom. Wisdom is one thing, applying it is another. Sometimes we see fathers take, they are abusive, maybe emotionally or physically. You know, that's just not on. Um, This issue of superiority, I'm head of the house. You know, what does that actually mean, being head of the house? I'll talk about it, but come, you can't come with this aspect of, I'm head of the house, obey me. No, no, that wasn't what God intended. No. Um, but these are some of the, the things that Satan has comes in, and he, he distorts. He is a liar. So he will distort what you think you should be doing as a father. The issue of abdication. You know, where are fathers? No, you know, I work hard, and I'm going to go and have a couple of beers, go to the pub, mix with my mates. That was my father, I have to say that. But he was absent, and he could be found at the local pub. You know, um, he wasn't there in some cases. And um, the issue of excess, you know, addictions or whatever, 
I don't want to get into all the bad things. Um, I would like to say that we have all failed. And we, we, are, we are in the process of becoming, we are transformed from the inside out. And so this is not a guilt story, but there are consequences to how Satan has manipulated this aspect of fatherhood through the generations. And we need to deal with it. So, uh, being an elder is an incredible privilege, but it does... It's quite interesting, there's a strong parallel between eldership in the church and fatherhood that I found very interesting. Um, And some of what is required from an elder effectively is taking fathership to another level, just expanding it to the church. And at its root is love. Love for the family and the body of Christ in the church. Love, so you can take, and what, what Paul is saying here is that if you can't manage your family, and, and display leadership and, and authority over the family, how can you then do it in a church environment? So, but the parallels are pretty good in that. What makes, what are they looking for? Someone who's committed to his wife. So how can we, you be committed to the church if you're not loving and looking after your wife? You know, someone who is cool and collected, basically it's talking about self-control. You've got to be bulletproof in the family environment. You know, you've got to be bulletproof in the church environment. Um, it means that people are going to be offending you from time to time, and if you don't have self-control, you're going to create more damage and destruction. The same in the family. This issue of accessibility, being available. Are you accessible to your kids? Are you accessible to people in the church? You need, you need wisdom and guidance, and hospitality, and so forth. Um, the issue about being overfond of wine, I mean, this is not a condemnation thing, but but there could be a couple of issues behind that, is that if someone doesn't have self-control, or you can't serve two masters. And if you are alcoholic, you've got a problem. You're serving that thing. You're not serving God. So these are, these are mechanisms to protect the church um, that, that these things were put in place. Not thin-skinned, not money-hungry, able, able to handle his own affairs, <laughs> attentive, to his, attentive to his children. Um, and having their respect. So this issue of, and that, I thought, drew, drew quite a parallel to what fatherhood is about in some of the aspects of it. Um, some of the particular areas that I wanted to just drill in is this issue of dr- standing in the gap. I mean, we just heard a testimony from Alec and Jack. Well done, guys. In this, you stood in the gap spiritually for your family, your daughter had cancer. You went and you rallied the troops, man. You rallied the troops. You got them praying. We are not going to take this word over their lives. My daughter's life. We are going to stand there. That is not the promises of God. Yeah. And from Nehemiah, Nehemiah was sent to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. There were holes in it. <laughs> and they were very vulnerable when they were, um, this is after the captivity of Babylon. And um, remember the Lord is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And basically what he, he did is he commanded them, you have a sword strapped to your side and you're building while you, you, you're watching. So these oaks were armed and they were building at the same time. They were equipped, they were aware and 
As fathers, the world is attacking your families. It will go after your daughters and your sons. It will go after the relationship between you and your wife and try and destroy those things. And are you prepared to stand in the gap and fight against that? It's an it's a important thing because we can just sit by and say, well, this is the world as we know it. But it's not. It's not what God intended at all. The issue of discipline raising children, you know, not for sissies. You, know, you can imagine God as our Father and how He treats us. You know, he is merciful and forgiving and loving. And I'm going to go into that a, a little bit later as well. Okay. The glue of the family. The glue of the family is an issue around submission. And I've just highlighted a couple of verses there. So we talked about this headship. But with the headship comes submission. And so, for me, a critical part of fatherhood is this husband's loving your wives. Because if that relationship is strong, aspects of fatherhood come together a lot easier. Fitting Because you're working as a team. And Paul goes on to say, how on earth can you... Can you have your wife as your enemy? You're fighting yourself. This is the helper that God set aside for you. That's just not, not clever, guys. That's what Paul is saying. And yes, there are, there's divorce here, and I understand that there's not an issue. I don't want to bring condemnation on you if those aspects have failed in terms of the relationships. But, but he who loves his wife loves himself. And that is a cornerstone of, of actually also being a father. Um, I will alter him, not. Okay, so at this stage, you're probably, as wives, thinking, man, I wish my husband would live up to these expectations. This would be great. We can see transformation in the family. Yeah, that's not what this is about. I want to talk about that. Because, likewise, we're also wishing for Proverbs 31 wives at times. Um, <laughs> and it's not about comparing and saying, you don't measure up. Here's the yardstick. That was the law. The law said, here's the measure. You don't measure up. Be condemned. Heavens, that, that, thank goodness for grace. Amen. Amen. We don't, have to, we don't have to do that. It is love that transforms us. Anyone who is Christ, you're a new crea- creator. And more importantly, it's God that works through his spirit inside of us to transform us. We had an amazing word from Lee. That, Lee, that verse that you brought today. That one that you were praying. That one, what was that? Psalm, one of the Psalms. But it just talked about God transforming from the inside out. Amazing verse. Thank you. It was really... Um, so we know that God is at work. Um, and let's talk about that. So you, you want to see transformation in the lives of your loved ones. And the same applies to fathers praying for their daughters. Yeah, if you come with the law, you're going to struggle. It's how we pray. No? And how does Jesus handle it? Let's go. I'm going to go quickly. I'm running out of time. Okay, know that you are sealed by the Spirit. You have a Father and you are part of the family. So first of all, know that you're a new creation. You're sealed. You're set aside. It's important to know where you're coming from. Now Jesus. Jesus handled people in interesting ways. I put three pictures up here. The, the top one on the left is the woman at the well. He didn't convict her of her sin. And say, so you are a bad woman who's had X amount of husbands. He spoke the truth in love. And she had this revelation 
and was convicted by herself inside and went off and revival broke out in Samaria. You have Zacchaeus up the tree. Uh, Jesus could have said, you're a bad tax collector, man. Come right. <laughs> but he said, no, come home. We're going to eat together. And Zacchaeus was convicted. He turned, God worked inside of him through the Spirit. And he went and he took everything, he sold his stuff and he paid everyone back. And he ran around and revival breaks out when people saw this. Yet, that's Peter over there. Peter's just denied Christ three times. You know, Jesus doesn't go to him and say, Peter, man, you really dropped the ball. You let me down. You're a failure, man. Now remember, Jesus' son to his disciples. These are his spiritual sons and daughters. He loves him, welcomes him back into the fold. And that's part of, you know, Jesus is an example. So I'm going to come bring this one into land now. And so as it was in the beginning... First of all, I want to just, it's never too late for fatherhood. You don't even have to have a son to be a good father. Yeah, I think that's, there. let's talk about some truths here. Jesus didn't have children, but he had spiritual children that he discipled, young men that he took aside, and he mentored them. We are, we have a broad representation here of some that will be fathers in the future, some who are fathers like me at the moment, and some that have maybe been fathers, maybe they've lost their children or kids have left home. Okay. And so this word, though, is for everyone in terms of that. And it is Christ who is our role model. Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So even Paul... and. I mean, I must just thank Steve for being a role model. Steve is one of my role models as a father to this church. Um, and he submits to Christ in that. Um, and there are other people who are picking up that leadership issue. So, we're sitting with a choice. God never takes away your free choice. Yes, we are born again. We are being transformed through the Holy Spirit. Work inside of us. We are a new creation. We are destined for glory. These are good things, man. But we will be ineffective if we still don't choose to follow. God will never say, come, do that. Now, he is always inviting us. And the Bible says, Joshua said, choose this day who you will serve. Whether it's going to be running after material things, the gods of this world. Are you going to chase after your career and the money? Are you going to chase after addictions? Whatever it is. Or are you going to put God first? But as for me and my house, he is taking authority and ownership of this role of the Father. We will serve the Lord. Um, and so there's a choice involved. And... God will always give us a choice because he doesn't want robots loving him. That's not who he is. And likewise, for us as parents, we should not want our children to love us because they have to. Um, and so, I'm going to close for the last time. <laughs> um, 
And I'm going to speak about a couple of issues here, or, or I want to pray over specific issues. I'm going to just list them here. So you've got to be able to forgive your parents if they were, did not live up to your expectations or they disappointed you as a father. You want to maybe come up and do a good worship? Thanks, Philippa. So, yeah, submit to me, my dear. Um, but, you know, when she's a worship leader, then I follow her. You know, and it is definitely roles. Okay. Um, can you forgive your parents who might have let you down, especially your father, who might not have lived up to your expectations of what a good father should have been? Can you ask for forgiveness for yourself as a father if you've dropped the ball in terms of your family? Because you are no longer a slave to this. And you, can you humble yourself as a father to God and submit to Christ as Lord of the family? You know, Jesus talked about, Jesus is our head as fathers, but will you submit to him? It's a choice that you have to make. Knowing that you're not going to be perfect, and that's okay. We are perfect in Christ, and there's a journey, and we, our minds are being renewed. Can you look at relationships that should be restored? Maybe you are sitting with relationships that are broken between father, son, daughter, father, or, um, or wife. These are, this is an area in which we can pray. This issue of identity. Know that you are God's son. And that you sit within, that you have a father. And I want to pray for those that are orphans or fatherless. I'll pray that God will bring someone through to you to be a, a role model to you. And then the other aspect of that is, are there people in this church who will raise up and become fathers to the generation that need fathers here. If you're sitting and you know you've got a lot to give, we need to trust that God will show you. These aren't things that we force. So, I think if we can stand, I'm just going to pray. Then, if you, I'm going to pray generally into some of these areas. And if this, if you want special prayer about this being fatherhood, or you're struggling in an area of this relationship. Please come forward and there will be people in the front who will pray with you. Okay. So let's, let's pray about this area of fatherhood. So Father, we just give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are our Father in heaven. We thank you that you've set us free, Lord. Lord, we pray specifically, Lord, for those that have hurt us in terms of being role models that, that, that fell, Lord. Lord, where there's bitterness in our hearts, we lay this at the foot of the cross. We are not slaves to unforgiveness, Lord God. We are free, Father, in Jesus' name. So we thank you that we can forgive those that have sinned against us, Father. And Lord, I pray that we can humble our souls before you, those that are struggling, that, they would, that we would recognize that we are your children, Lord. And we ask for forgiveness. Well, we thank you, Lord, that you're our Father. And we submit to you, Lord. Help us daily walk in this relationship with you, Father, of humility. And asking you to, for help in how to run the affairs of the household. How to be a better father. It is through walking with you, hand in hand, that we learn to be a, a good father as father figures. 
I pray for the wives. I pray that you would give all the ladies here wisdom in how to pray for their husbands. Not nagging, but wisdom in bringing out who God has intended their husbands to be. God has a plan and a purpose for every man and woman here. And it's speaking to that identity and seeing the fullness of Christ rise up from that person that will dictate our prayers in Jesus' name. So wisdom in prayer. I pray that that there would be patience and forgiveness in the households and restoration in the name of Jesus. I pray that fathers would have a good understanding of their identity in Christ. And I pray for those that do not have fathers, that Lord, you will provide in the name of Jesus, father figures to mentor and to guide them, to teach them values, to help them in business. And Lord, I pray for those that might be sitting here today who feel that they are alone, they've got a lot to give and they they are alone in this world with no one to, to mentor, no one to share, no one to walk with. I pray that you would make the connections, you would open up doors in the name of Jesus, you would give them wisdom and show them where they can, they, can, they can share what they have, where they can mentor, where they can step into that fathership role. We give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. I may remind you that those that are really being stirred by this word and would uh, like some prayer, um, I know that there are some here that just can't get over this issue that's happened in their past.